This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that soars through important moments in history, one day at a time. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're looking at the groundbreaking maiden flight of Ruth Carol Taylor, the first black flight attendant in U.S. history. The day was February 11th, 1958. Ruth Carol Taylor became the first ever African-American flight attendant when she operated a flight from Ithaca to New York City. Taylor was born in Boston, Massachusetts on December 27, 1932. Her mother, Ruth Irene Powell, was a registered nurse, and her father, William Edison Taylor, was a barber. Years later, the family moved to upstate New York to set up a farm. In the early 1950s, Taylor decided to become a nurse like her mother. She enrolled in the Bellevue School for Nursing in New York City, and graduated as a registered nurse in 1955. At the time, black Americans were immersed in a decades-long struggle for equal civil rights under the law, and similar calls for social justice were being made all over the world. In 1957, France made some headway in that regard when UAT, one of the airlines that served France's African routes, hired the first black flight attendant in the world. Her name was Dual Belle Smith, and she was a princess of the royal Douala family of the West African nation of Cameroon. In 1956, at the age of 17, Smith was recruited and sent to Paris for flight training, and a year later, she took to the skies for the first time. Meanwhile, back in the United States, Ruth Taylor was ready for a career change after just two years as a nurse. In early 1957, she decided to follow Smith's lead and try to break the racial barrier for flight attendants in her own country. That's not an assumption either. In a 1997 interview with Jet Magazine, Taylor flat out said that she had no long-term career aspirations as a flight attendant. She wanted the job strictly because the airline industry said she couldn't have it, not on the basis of her intelligence or experience or personality, but because of the color of her skin. The fight for equal opportunity in housing, education, and employment was raging all around her, in her own country and beyond. Taylor picked her battle, and she joined the fight. She first applied for a job as a flight attendant at a major U.S. carrier, the Transworld Airline, or TWA. However, as she expected, her application was refused on account of her skin tone. At the time, airlines had all kinds of discriminatory rules about who was or wasn't fit to be a flight attendant. There were regulations regarding female attendants' height, weight, and general appearance, and they weren't allowed to get married or become pregnant either. Many of those barriers would sadly remain in place for years, but Taylor believed the policy against hiring minority crew members was ready to give way. To help give it a push, she filed a complaint against the company with the New York State Commission on Discrimination. Nothing ever came from it directly, but other companies started to reassess their hiring policies. First out of the gate was a mid-Atlantic carrier called Mohawk Airlines, which expressed interest in hiring non-white flight attendants. Taylor applied for the position, 
along with 800 other black applicants, and in December of 1957, she was told she had the job. She started training right away, and two months later, she was ready to take her first flight. On February 11, 1958, she made aviation history as the first black flight attendant to operate a flight in the United States. It was a short trip from the Tompkins Regional Airport in Ithaca to JFK in New York City, but it left a lasting impression on the industry. In fact, just three months later, TWA, the airline that had rejected Taylor, changed its mind and hired Margaret Grant as its first African-American crew member. Still, despite her big victory, Taylor's flying days were cut short thanks to another one of the industry's absurd regulations. Before she had even applied to be a flight attendant, Taylor had gotten engaged to a man named Red Legal. Six months after she got the job at Mohawk, her wedding day was just around the corner. The company made it clear that once she became a married woman, she would be out of a job, so Taylor decided to beat them to the punch. She resigned that month and got married as planned. Unfortunately, the marriage didn't last much longer than the job at Mohawk, and the couple got divorced shortly after the birth of their daughter. Taylor then moved to Barbados and returned to her roots by founding the country's first professional nursing journal. She also became more active in the civil rights movement, reporting on the 1963 March on Washington and working as an activist for racial equality and women's rights. She continued this work throughout the 1970s, eventually returning to New York where she co-founded the Institute for Interracial Harmony. In 1985, she put her own spin on the Green Book travel guides of the mid-20th century by writing The Little Black Book, a survival guide for young black men living in the United States. Although she wasn't a flight attendant for long, Ruth Carol Taylor succeeded in bringing long-overdue change to the aviation industry and secured a major win for black civil rights. But it still took entirely too long for American carriers to follow through on the promises that had brought them such good publicity. For example, after Taylor and Margaret Grant, no other African-American flight attendants were hired in the U.S. until 1960, when Capital Airlines hired Patricia Banks. And even then, her employment only happened because state officials ordered the company to give her the job or face charges of discrimination. That in itself was a kind of progress, since nothing had been done at all when Taylor raised the same complaint three years earlier. But it would still be decades before interracial cabin crews became no big deal in the U.S. And without the efforts of Ruth Carol Taylor and those of women like her, the long battle for racial equality in the skies may have lasted even longer. That's why I think it's important to remember stories like hers, those of people who pushed back against the injustices of society, not in a courtroom or at a pulpit or on a battlefield, but in their everyday lives. It shows that sometimes big changes start with small ones, and that's a message that's as true today as it was then. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. If you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks as always to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. 
I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.